0: Welcome back to the Love You Podcast. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Today I'm taking a question from a reader that goes a little something like this. Evan, I'd love more content about long term relationships in the three year itch. How do your, you and your wife stay in love and keep things interesting? I tend to crash and burn after three years because things get stale, we get too comfortable, etc. Uh, I enjoyed your podcast about traditional gender roles. I'm tran- tr- transitioning from a uh, career woman to stay at home mom and it hasn't been easy. Would love more content about married life. I'm a dating coach for smart, strong, successful women. I've never billed myself as any sort of marriage counselor. I could probably do some form of it, but I've got great respect for actual marriage counselors. So I'm just going to give you my um, own life experience, my own observations about what it takes to keep a relationship fresh and to stay in love even after we've been together for a long time. So here we go. Um, Let's establish a couple things. Number one, that there is a honeymoon phase to relationships, and it has nothing to do with your actual marriage, right? Honeymoon, we refer to the honeymoon as what happens after the marriage. The honeymoon phase is for what we're going to talk about here. The phase of your relationship where love is more of a feeling than a choice. Uh, If you go to Wikipedia and you look up the word love and you scroll down to the biological basis of love and you see. Dr. Helen Fisher's work on this. She will talk about the first two phases of love, lust and attraction as lasting for 18 to 36 months. Um, The biological explanation of that, she theorizes or other people theorize, is that um, monogamy is not a, a natural thing. Men are designed to populate the earth and spread their seed. So by making someone irrationally uh, attracted to someone uh, to make an investment in them, to have chemistry with them, takes some biological doing norepinephrine, um, pseudephedrine, um, dopamine, serotonin being released in your brain. This is brain chemistry, and it allows you to stay with someone even if it's not rational to stay with someone. And so 18 to 36 months is about the time that it takes for a man to impregnate a woman and stay for the first two years of the kid's life. Now, again, not everything can be reduced to biology, but I think it's an interesting theory that you'll have a man making paternal investment and then the chemistry wears off and he's free to spread his seed elsewhere. Um, And it's not surprising that uh, the chemistry eventually wears off. And then what happens when the chemistry wears off? You're left with a real human being and you're not blinded um, by attraction and you see someone for who they really are, which is why it's often easier to see someone who for who they really are when you're not blindly attracted to them at the beginning, but that's another podcast for another day. So love attached love long term companionship is what happens after that honeymoon phase after the attraction wears off. That doesn't mean you're no longer attracted to each other. You're still attracted to each other. You need to have attraction. You need to have a good sex life, but that feeling that tingling that excitement. No one gets excited about their car after driving it for five years. Right. Every day you don't get excited about the car. You don't get excited about your house. It's called hedonic adaption. You get used to it. So now that you're used to your partner, your partner's used to you. What happens now? And I think part of the problem is that we, we anchor at a place that says very little about your future. Right? You can't tell what kind of person, a man's going to be or a woman's going to be at the beginning of a relationship. Most of us largely coast on chemistry and connection and excitement and charm, common interests. Now the signs are there. Like everybody can kind of look back and realize where they went wrong, but they got sort of swept away during the courtship phase. And if a guy's not a happy person, you make justifications right for why he's grumpy and curmudgeonly. But you put up with it because he brings other qualities to the table. If he has anger and communication issues at the beginning, he's really dazzled by you. So he's going to tamp down some of those qualities. But the more time goes by, the more he gets in touch with who he really is, the more the mask slips and the more you see that he doesn't handle conflict well. If he has problems with employment, maybe it's a thing that you could think of as temporary when you first start dating but might be uh, something that is historical about him, something that's never going to change is that he doesn't like authority and he will never play well with others. So he's always between jobs. If a guy has commitment issues, maybe you can't always tell up front because he's really excited about you. But when push comes to shove and you've invested three years of your life into him, suddenly those commitment issues become paramount when you are looking to get married and he's finding every reason to avoid it. So people do reveal themselves if you pay attention when you're dating. So we're going to erase all of those red flags things. And we're going to presume per the question is we have a good relationship on our hands. We have a relationship that's worth preserving. Obviously, if your relationship's not worth preserving, I'm not really big on couples counseling and fighting to save things that are broken and oh, my husband's a cheater. How do I fix him? He's an alcoholic. How do do I fix him? He isn't sensitive to my emotional needs. How do I fix him? I don't believe in fixing. I believe in finding people that don't need need to be fixed. So this entire podcast is based on the premise that you have a good guy and a good relationship that was at a high early on. And then it started to taper off because of hedonic adaption and um, normal passage of time where we get used to each other and we become more attuned to each other's flaws. Here are the things that I want you to consider. Number one, uh, the timing of your life that you're having this conversation, because there are always circumstances that, whether we like it or not, that dictate how present we are to the relationship. Right. if you are young and you're in a place in your life where you're really just trying to build your career, if you just made partner at the law firm, that's going to have an impact. If you just had babies, the babies require a lot of attention. That's going to have an impact. Right, sick parents are going to have an impact. So when there's life circumstances and distractions, these are all things that pull focus from your relationship itself. But what we're trying to do here is talk about the primacy of the relationship itself the question which the questioner which she was pointing out is that when couples get together she becomes a mom he becomes the breadwinner and they fall into their rules and what disappears the relationship the thing that got them together so we can't lose focus on the thing that generated this entire life together it often gets swept under the rug under the tumult and pull of life so sometimes there are circumstances that mitigate this and then there are times where Technically, there's nothing really wrong now. Why aren't you guys a good couple? So let's look into that. I have to ask the question, and this is for men and women. Are your lives in balance? If your lives aren't in balance, good intentions won't make a difference. We spend a lot of time on intentions. Intentions do matter, but ultimately it's about performance. I might have the heart of a good husband and father. But if I travel 25 weeks a year and I work 12 hours a day, I'm just not that available to be a good husband and father and vice versa, women, working women have the, the same exact pull, the same exact uh, conflicts that are pulling them in different directions. So it's very important to recognize that love is like a garden that needs to be watered. Right? it's not just a thing that happens. Right? It may happen spontaneously. Oh, my God. You feel a click. You feel a connection. But that's the first day of that garden. That that has nothing to do with what happens five years, 10 years, 20 years down the line. You have to constantly water that garden. And when someone is really busy with their career or really busy with their hobbies or right, part of the reason I like to think I'm a pretty good husband and father, I don't have many hobbies. I read. <laughs> right. I do I, you know, I play fantasy sports, I'll uh, I'll do trivia night once in a while, play golf once in a while. But my life is not run by my hobbies. My life isn't even run by my job. I work from nine to six, nine to seven. Max, I have dinner with my family every night. And so I have the ability to control that. Not everybody has the ability to control that. But it's important to recognize the more time you could put focus on your relationship, the better your relationship, the less time you spend on it, the less the less you're going to be able to water that garden. So next point, where your life after marriage should somewhat resemble your life before the marriage. Right? If they're two completely distinct things, and I can understand how they are. When you have kids, it really is a dividing line. Let's Let's be clear. But we vowed to be those parents whose lives didn't change, where a lot of parents succumbed. A lot of parents we know um, stopped going out. A lot of parents we know still sleep with their kids when they're eight. A lot of parents we know um, stopped having sex, stop stopped having date night. We were like, we have kids, but we're not going to be those people. We have season tickets at the theater. We still go out with friends every single week. We have a roster of sitters. We don't have just one babysitter. We have a roster of babysitters because we're not going to let our social life be dictated by some 18 year old girl who's got plants. So if she's too busy for us. We go down the list. We are going out when we want to go out and we still take vacations without our children. Why? Because it's good for us. We're fortunate that we have grandparents nearby who are willing to take the kids. Not everybody has that luxury, but we really make sure to honor our relationship as a couple and not merely become parents vessels for the children. We exist outside our children. Last night, we sent them to someone else's house for a sleepover so we could have a night alone. These are things that are doable, especially if you're working with other parents who understand that. Next, um, as I mentioned briefly, in terms of day to day connection, we have dinner every single night together, every single night that we don't have other plans. right? As I said, I'll go to trivia night. My wife is on the PTA and she hangs out with her friends from PTA. But any night where there's not some sort of scheduling conflict, we are at home, me, my wife, two kids right, who are now nine and eleven and. That is a daily point of connection, even if we separate for you know the, the full day where I'm at work and my wife is doing her thing and the kids are doing their things with their activities. We always connect so we don't go too long ever without having family connection. Um, next point of order, we schedule meetings. It's not sexy. It's practical the same way there have to be meetings at work. Everybody hates meetings, but sometimes meetings are necessary to get on the same page. So my wife and I schedule meetings where I'll usually take an hour out of my workday. Maybe I'll just take lunch and instead of eating lunch by myself, my wife and I'll sit down and we have a written list of things that we got to talk about. And it's usually stuff that's not particularly sexy we're talking about money we're talking about home renovations we're talking about kids summer camps we're talking about you know the next time we're going to see her parents or my parents we're, we're printing up a, a physical calendar and we're we're plotting a few months into the future All Right. this is a way that we don't end up talking past each other we're sniping at each other because we have different agendas and we do have different agendas i have a different focus during the day than my wife has during the day. And that's understandable. We, we have different primary jobs, but we need to find a time where we come together to work on the stuff that pertains to both of us where neither of us could completely do it alone. I need her buy it. I'm not going to just do an end around and say, honey, I made a decision on the kids' summer camp. And she's not going to say, honey, I made a decision on the new car we're going to buy. We actually have to meet to make those things happen. Next, we never make our issues existential. Existential meaning bigger than us, defining our existence, determining our future. Anything that comes up between us is just a problem to solve the way it is in almost everything else in life. You have a disagreement with your best friend. You don't give up your best friendship. You have a problem at work. You don't quit your job or expect to be fired. It's these are things that you work through. And so we've never had a conversation ever in 14 years of marriage and whatever dating we had before where I said, I can't do this anymore. I really have to think about whether I want to be here. Like there's nothing that ever threatens to blow up the relationship. They're just bumps in the road. How are we going to deal with this? So it's focused on the problem. It's focused on the friction. It's focused on the difference difference between us and trying to listen and trying to connect and validate each other's perspective and get on the same team and sometimes agree to disagree and sometimes agree to compromise. But there's never an existential quality to our arguments, right? which is to say the the foundation of our relationship is really firm and nothing can shake it. That's huge. That's safe, heard and understood. That's having a foundation. That's having an anchor point. No matter what my wife and I go through, there's never the pretense that our relationship is going to break up because of it. And because we don't even allow that pretense, we could focus on the problem itself. Solving problems about kids and money and time doesn't threaten who we are as a couple. We are stronger than that. We are bigger than that. These are just things we're dealing with. And then finally, we create our own fun. Um, And we plan for our own fun. So life is not as spontaneous as it was before we were married or before we had kids. Of course, you could literally just go to a midnight movie or pick up and go to Vegas. We we can't do that kind of stuff anymore. We got a dog that's made it even harder. But we are always looking a few months ahead. Summer's coming up. We got some really cool stuff planned for this summer that we started to plan back in January. Sometimes in relationships, couples think that they have to think alike on this kind of stuff, and it's not true. Between my wife and I, I'm the one who's in front of a computer for 10 hours a day. I'm the one who's reading incessantly. She's out carpooling kids and making lunches and doing Excel spreadsheets for the school. She's got a lot of other stuff going on. I'm the one who's plugged into all the information. So I'm the one who usually comes up with the plans. I don't expect my wife to be as intellectually curious or as dynamic, people always think they need to date the opposite sex version of themselves. Where my wife really shines is that she's a yes person. I could say, hey, there's a speaker at Universal. You want to go? Yes. Hey, I discovered there's a food festival in Oxnard. You want to go? Yes. Hey, I found out that there's there's food trucks and, you know, homemade crafts down in Venice. You want to go? Yes. So my wife is the one who facilitates these things and makes things happen. You don't need a guy who's who plans everything. It's nice to have a guy who plans anything, everything, don't get me wrong, but you don't need a guy who plans everything. You need a guy who says, yes, you come up with a plan. He's like, sure, I'll do that. You don't want someone who constantly shoots you down, who maintains largely separate lives, which doesn't mean you don't have to do everything together. I don't ask my wife to play fantasy football with me. I don't ask my wife to play golf with me. Right? And she doesn't ask me to go to the Four Seasons Spa with her friends. Like you're allowed to do things separate, which is also important to balance your life. Everything's about balance. But if the problem, the existential problem that most people have is their relationship tends to dissipate. They do spend more time on their hobbies, their friends, their kids, their work, and their relationship starts to suffer. The things that we've talked about for the past 15 minutes are the things those That is the water, that is the fertilizer, that is the focus that allows your relationship to continue to flourish even when everybody else's relationship around you is suffering because they just get caught up in life, as people do. Thus, relationships are not just about character. It's really about caring. It's about about effort. Usually, the woman is the emotional caretaker in the relationship. In my relationship, I'm the emotional caretaker. My wife could go a whole week without talking to me and she wouldn't even notice because she's so busy, busy, busy. I'm the one who's attuned to it. But because everything I say is reasonable and I don't attack her, I don't blame her for for being crazy busy with all the responsibilities she takes on. We get to come together and it's really it's planning. It's planning the date night. It's planning the vacation. It's making sure there's a night every week that you have sex. Really, at least one night every week and people laugh at that like that, we're, you know, that we're a once a week couple. It works, I'm telling you. All right, so the more you can plan to have fun, the more you can plan to have connection instead of just expecting it'll take care of itself, the better you'll be the same way that if you plan anything in your life, right? If you have a job, you have a standard operating procedure, you have a meeting, you have a, a deadline, you have things that are expected from you. I have these things on my calendar because they're important and I need to get them done. And I treat them as if they're important instead of turning it into what people turn into like the gym. Ah, It's the first thing to go. The diet, it's the first thing to go. I'm too busy to have the discipline to do that. I always have the discipline to be a good husband. I always have the discipline to be a good father because the stakes are so very high. It's so very important that I build that into my life instead of expecting that it will take care of itself. Um, in a good relationship, both partners are bought into this belief system. Both partners are bought into this lifestyle and no one keeps score. Right? My wife always says, you know, uh, I'm going to botch her saying, but it's basically like don't keep score and always be ahead. Right? I like that idea. Right? Give, 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 give. Right? And you will always be ahead in life because if you're with a partner who's a giver and you're a giver, and nobody's keeping score, that's a recipe for success. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Thank you for tuning into the Love You podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please share an honest review on Apple. More reviews equals more awareness of the Love You podcast and more love in the world. And if you have everything except a man and you want to have a happy, healthy relationship, I can help you. love you you will gain confidence learn to trust your judgment and find a man who makes you feel safe heard and understood go to www.evanmarkkatz.com and click to watch my free video when you're done you could apply to love you to join hundreds of other smart strong successful women in a coaching community where women like you actually get the love you deserve i'll see you there